Welcome to Small Town Big Stories, a program where we dive deep into the lives and experiences of our incredible residents. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and connected as we uncover the hidden gems that make this town shine. I am your host, Katherine Eves, and together, let's celebrate the stories that bring us closer. Today, I welcome Gilbert Valenzuela to the show. I feel fortunate to have you in the studio today. Gilbert, thank you for being here. Thank you for asking me. So I've had the opportunity to get to know you a little bit, Gilbert, with you being our municipal court judge, not that I've had to appear before you, but because we work together. What people might not know is that I think you could actually make a living being a stand-up comic. I think you're quite funny. (laughs) Also, I'm looking forward to hearing about Archie in some of your tales today. So Gilbert, you've been a resident of Alpine for a long time. Tell us a bit about where you were born, your childhood, what brought you to Alpine, and some of the stories that you're well-known for. Sure, Catherine. I was born in San Antonio, Texas. We had three other brothers. My mom was from Laredo, and my dad was from the Marathon Alpine. And so anyway, the pull to Alpine was we used to come here as a family during the summer and visit our cousins and family members. It just stuck in my mind. When I got out of high school, I graduated in 69, uh, my intent was to go get into the service, but my father kind of made me realize it wasn't the best thing to do during the Vietnam War, so I didn't do it. Right. And so I went on, come here on a on a whim because I originally was going to head to California. That didn't happen. There was other things in my mind, and I just didn't want to get stuck there. So I wound up coming here. Agreement with my father that uh, I didn't want him to pay for anything because I, uh, unlike some fathers, I don't know, you know, <laughs> they say, well, you got to do this, and I got to. You know, I didn't want that over my head, so I wound right. up going to school here all these years and met a lot of fine people, did a lot of things. And being that I didn't have funding, I would work and then go to school. So I worked down at Big Ben as a ranger for a little while. Then I worked up at the observatory as an assistant astronomer. That was fun. A little stint with uh, different jobs here. There was, I have to interject something real quick. There's some okay. of the, the listeners will know who Bill Brooks was. Okay. And Bill Brooks had a place called Territorial Printer. And the ter- Territorial Printer is where I met Bill and his partner was Bob Dillard. Well, amongst other things, I worked there as working at the newspaper at the Avalanche at the time for a little while, building ads. So anyway, one time uh, we were building the ads and uh, one of the ads, one of the coupons on the newspaper said, you know, get a free, I believe it was a uh, belt buster with an order of fries and a large drink. So it was time to, for everybody to eat. They'd been working late, and I said, hey, can I take some of these ads to the Dairy Queen? He, okay, sure. So I cut out a bunch of ads. The paper hadn't been come out yet. So I went over there, said I'd like, you know, 10 burgers. And they said, okay. And they said, but I got these coupons. <laughs> so <laughs> all, we, all we paid for was the, the drinks and the, and the fries and got the, coo- and the, and the hamburgers. And at that time, the manager says, you know, I only could do this one time. Don't come back again like that. I said, okay, fine. So then <laughs> as I was leaving, uh, there was a helicopter landing across the street, two of them, and I wanted to oh. know, see what that was about. So before I went back to work, I stopped by and it turned out to be a portable seismic crew. Oh. And so I hired on as a seismic uh, juggy wow. and worked out in the, in the Glass Mountains, saw some beautiful, beautiful country up there. I didn't realize how nice it was being that we live in Alpine. So anyway, after that happened, I told Bill Brooks, I said, hey, Bill. I think got a job. He goes, uh, doing what? I said, working with a seismic crew. He says, well, okay, I understand. It pays a lot more. And he, so he understood. And I also work for the museum. So I told Mr. Ken Perry, a lot of people know Ken. Uh, hey, Ken, uh, I, I got a job maybe working for the seismic crew. He says, well, it's going to be hard kind of replacing you. So I'll find somebody for you. 
So I found a buddy of mine who, uh, a, a buddy named Hubert Castillo, who's uh-huh. no longer here. He's a teacher somewhere in Houston, I believe. Uh-huh. And so I said, hey, Hubert, I'll teach you how to do what I'm doing. And then you want the job? He said, sure. So I went back, told Karen, Ken, hey, Ken, I found somebody for you. He said, well, you know, so he, he wound up accepting Ken, uh, Hubert, uh-huh. and it all worked out. As I was going to college, I had a bunch of uh, housemates. Uh-huh. Whether it could be considered a commune or not, you know, I I, uh, I live with some other people. At that time, rent was really, really affordable. Right. I found a five-acre house. It was myself, a gentleman by the name of Steve Johnson, and a lady by the name of uh, Christy Kirby, which has another story. So I found this house. The one of the postal workers here, he said, Gilbert, I found a house for you. It looks like y'all need to have more living space. So I contacted two other. Artists, I w- my, that was art was my major, by the way. And so we got to this house. We paid $195 for it, and five acres. Everybody had their own room. There was three bathrooms and had a patio, had a little uh, lattice work barbecue area, a garden area, a barn in the back. Oh, wow. And so we all, with 195 we all paid $90 a month, and that en- enabled us to have uh, money for, for utilities, food, and then have a party at the end of the month. All right. And so we wound up naming the house. Uh, Casa Peaches, and if some people <laughs> can remember that, they're as old as I am. And uh, the person that has that house now, Miss LeBaum, I can't remember her first name, she bought that house, and it's a really cool house. After that, uh, I had uh, two of those housemates uh, wanting to wanted to uh, uh, work for for operators. They were working for as being operators up at Sol Ross, and they wanted a job with, at that time, AT&T, which is down, uh, the office was downtown behind the True Value, the present True Value. And so they didn't have a car. I did. And they said, well, Gilbert, why don't you take, a, take us there and you can take the, the job, too. And I said, I mean, take the test. I said, I don't want to work for the phone company. Right. God, what a dead <laughs> job. And so anyway. Because you um, were still working at the seismic company. Well, right? I just I was still working there. Uh-huh. And, they, and so I, I, I went ahead and, and took them there. There was a, a room of about 200 people on Pinbrook in Odessa right off the 42nd Street. And uh we went in there, and they sat us down, instructed us. We took the exam, and then they called me, and they called two young ladies out of the room. And I thought, oh, man, we're going to get asked to leave. And so the the the, uh, the testing was over. They dismissed everybody and told them they could come back and try again, and we, we were the ones that passed. So oh. they offered me a job on the spot, and I said, no, nah, I don't want it. So I didn't take it. Okay. And so that was in Odessa. Okay. Came back. They called me again the next week, said, I have a job in Midlands. And I don't want to work in Midlands. I don't want to work in the city. Right. So then uh, they finally called me a third time. They said, if you don't take this job, then we're going to have to start all over again. I said, oh, what, where is it? He said, Fort Stockton. I said, uh, oh. Fort Stockton. Well, it's closer. So I called my dad and I said, hey, dad, you know, uh, I got a job offer for uh, with AT&T. He says, well, you're working with the Seismic Crew? And I said, yeah. And I said, I'm making really good money. I uh-huh. was making... I believe, if I remember right, it was $25 an hour and $28 per diem in 1978. Wow. It was a lot of good money. I bought myself money. a motorcycle. I bought a used vehicle, paid all my bills, had real meat on the table instead of beans and rice. Right. And so I went ahead and accepted a job with phone company, and, and it was great. I mean, I had a 31-year career with them, and those that's a whole new uh, story to tell you about. But there was so many people I met in all these four towns. At that time, we also took care of Sanderson. And then Sanderson got sold out to Big Ben Telephone, I believe. And so we stayed here and, and worked. Um, the other things that happened here is I met a lot of uh, individuals, such as uh, my neighbor, Charlie Bell, his uh-huh. his brother, Bob Bell. Uh-huh. And uh, Bob came first, Charlie came second. Uh-huh. And uh, we kind of palled around for a long time. And uh, Charlie bought a, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Bob bought a truck. 
Charlie bought a bass amp because that's what they wanted to do at that time. And at that time, I was interested in buying property. Okay. And I tried to get the two Bell brothers to go in with me. Let's buy 10 acres or 20 acres. At that time, it was still affordable. I mean, right. much more affordable than it is now. Right. But they decided to go th with their wants, and they, they went ahead and did that. And so I just wound up uh, buying some property by myself and, and sticking around and hanging out. Uh, the thing about with Charlie, Charlie was a musician. Uh -huh. um, I did a little bit of music. And uh, by the way, Tony Luhan's my cousin. And so when I first came here, I brought my 12-string guitar. It was a Framus, an old German guitar. Oh, wow. And uh, Tony said, can I borrow it? I said, sure. <laughs> and then I never saw it for a long time. Oh, I said, no. hey, Tony. Tony is a, an excellent musician. Uh -huh. And he, he used to play for the uh, for the uh, Catholic Church choir, you know, at the 10 okay. o'clock mass. So it was a lot of people there. And, and so he went on and kept doing his musical career. And I just hopped from from different people jamming with people and playing with people. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I have another little story about you. When I used to play with a band called uh, Texas Again. I'm sorry, it wasn't. Yes, it was Texas Again. Okay. And uh, it was uh, John Stevens, his wife, Becky Stevens, Brent Parsons, Tony Luhan, and myself. Okay. And we, we used to have a gig every month at the Lajitas uh -huh. before it was so built up. Anyway, right, right. Um, we went and uh, we're playing, and this young 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 boy came up and wanted to know if he could play with us and we said sure and he played with us and he sang his song it turned out to be craig garter we oh, we, we would entertain wow. craig and he'd come up there he was a his father owned a, the the uh, ran the is it the horse ramada up at the big bend national park and so it, there was just so many people in this area that you know that i i've met and a lot of people have stories i'm glad you have this program because there's so many different facets of what alpine is and how they came here. That's so true. Yeah. And even even Martin can tell you something. We can never get him on the radio station, how he got That's here. That's right. He needs to sit in the hot seat, he doesn't does. he? He does, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to take a moment. Okay, you were the phone guy. Tell hey, hold on, we'll, we'll, we'll cut this little part out. Let, let's talk a little bit. I think a lot of people remember you from the phone. Okay. From the phone company. So the Haber, let's say, so you were known as the phone guy. Yeah. Tell us, that's what she's going to say. She's going to say that. And then and just elaborate a little bit about. A little bit sure. more. I forgot the other guy that used to work with you back then. Carl. Carl, yeah. 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 Okay, so go okay. ahead. Okay. I'll, and I'll cut this off. Okay, so you were often called the phone guy. Tell yes, that's correct. Tell us a little correct. bit about that. Well, uh, a lot of people knew me and, and uh and, and and at that time, the phone company was a lot different than it is now. I mean, we really did provide a lot of customer service. And um, uh, here's a funny story. There was uh, uh, friends that I that I had that back in San Antonio went on to different colleges. And every so often, I would get a card. They didn't know my my address. They would put Gilbert Valenzuela, the phone guy. And I'd okay. get it anyway. So <laughs> that's how small Alpine was and how everybody knew each other um that's one of really my cool <laughs> it is it is it's i like i like the small town being in san antonio i didn't particularly care for the the hustle and bustle and the and just just you know how cities are yes and i so, can relate i can relate that's right mm -hmm. and so um anyway uh some of my co-workers there was carl lewis everybody there's a few a lot of a lot of people that know carl lewis when i first even thought about getting the 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 phone job this is before i took the test i saw carl at a at a Payphone, you know, uh, adjusting the payphone, collecting the money, and and I walked up to him and said, "Hey, are they hiring for the phone company?" He says, "Yeah, sure," and he told me how, and so I I kept that in mind. But as I said, I really didn't want to work for the phone company, but it just happened so much. And being that that we worked for the phone company, there was uh, at one time we used to have like I believe it was eight different installers and repairmen wow. in Alpine, wow. and we had two in Marfa. Now it's down to I think just two for all the three city, four cities. 
And um, what happened is that uh, they just downsized, you know, and mm-hmm. so they kept making it. But we met a lot of fine people up in the Davis Mountains Resort, the Fort Davis, and uh, all the ranches. And there's just a, a slew of people that that, I, that, that I've met, and and uh, I still meet them, and I still meet their their sons and daughters and their sons and daughters. So uh, I guess that kind of makes me a little old, but it's <laughs> not really. It was it's cool. I liked mind. it. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I, I can't say anything else much more about that except that it was a great job. Mm-hmm. I had uh, uh, some some really good experiences with it, learned a lot of things, and uh, kept me here. That's what I, That was my main objective, stay in Alpine. Good. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> me too. All right. So we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Okay. Ooh, that was excellent. We're at 13 um, minutes. Yeah. No, we're doing yeah, good. Yeah, we're great. That was great. Um, okay. So when we come back, you'll say... So you worked for the phone company. You retired. You retired from the phone company. Okay, let me write that down. Start off. You retired from the. What did you do to keep yourself busy? (laughs) Nothing. He sits around all the time. Yeah. No. Well, he became the (laughs) JP, and he played in the bands, and and he's on the Sunshine House board and the Poetry Board, and yeah. So okay, then we'll and we'll we'll just go from there up until present. Okay. Okay. Right. So what did you do to keep yourself busy? But just be sure to speak loud enough for okay. <coughs> we're doing we're doing fine with, with it where you're at. Yeah, you're doing really very well, and you're doing exactly what we were shooting for, talking about okay. your experiences and people and so forth and so on. Okay. Are we ready? I'm ready if you are. Are you I'm ready? ready? I'm ready. Testing. Okay, we're back. We have been speaking with Gilbert Valenzuela here on Small Town Big Stories. So, Gilbert, you retired from the phone company. What have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Well, uh, uh, a, f- a few things. When I retired from the phone company, uh, I, I still wanted to keep busy. I've always been uh, uh, oh, civically minded. And uh, when I was with the phone company, I, I was there was a there was an evening lines club, and I stayed with that. Then that dispersed. And so when I came on uh, uh, after the phone company. Um, Ray Hendricks, the the previous owner of the of the radio station, called me one day, and he would call me to ask me certain phone questions, and I'd say, you know, yeah, what do you need, Ray? And Ray said, well, uh, I want you to come in. I need to talk to you about something. I said, okay. So I came in expecting to work on the phone, but instead he said, uh, how would you like to work at the radio station? I said, wow, oh. yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. What do I got to do? He says, whatever you want to do. What can I play? Whatever you want to play. How long can I play? He says, what do you want? And so I just shot out, I said, three hours. He said, that's fine. I said, three hours, I should have asked for four, you know. But <laughs> I just I just liked the idea of having to do that. And uh, the, the reason I did that is because when I first came here to, to college, you know, I was used to being going to the uh, the symphonies and listening to all the the musical uh, availability, the pro- the uh, the concerts and programs in San Antonio. I missed that. And, and uh, when I came here, Alpine was such a quiet little town. We had... Uh, three tv stations that would kind of come in okay uh-huh. and uh then there was the radio station and so anyway uh before i i had uh, even thought about about kvlf the the college had, had was a was an idea to see if we could get a radio station up there and at that time i'll try and make this as short as possible because there's so many things to tell you about right. say about it but anyway uh there was a the uh president mr mr mcneil and uh, and uh, we were we approached myself and another ind- individual saying, hey, we'd like to have a radio station up at the college. We talked to UTSA, uh, not UTSA, I'm sorry, UT Austin. Okay. And um, 
they have some extra equipment. They'd let us have it as long as we'd say in in uh, cooperation with UTA UTA Austin. He said no. Oh. I said okay. Well, that is that. So we didn't do it. <laughs> didn't think about anything later. Uh, fast forward till about 1984, 85. I was sitting with a. Uh, 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 Bob Dillard and his wife Christy, my girlfriend at the time, and uh, we were at a at a barbecue with about thirty or forty people, and and uh, we were listening to the radio station around the campfire, and somebody said, "We I wish we had some more music," and so I took it upon myself to to check with an engineer, and there was there was an allocation of ninety two point seven, so oh. ninety two point seven was available. So uh, I'll cut I'll cut all the the small talk, and and uh, uh, I think that ninety two point seven became. Uh, an actual station after my my digging and stirring the mud, but we didn't get the the uh, the uh, uh, allocation for it because we didn't get the money for it at the bank. So uh, I believe it was Bill Brooks, Tom Beard, and uh, Tom Beard, Bill Brooks, and Doctor Bird, the three Bs. Uh-huh. So I, and I think they got the allocation. They sat on it for a while. I'm not sure it, when. I I noticed it. it, it I think it was this K K A L P started in 1986. So it was shortly before that where, where I did all the footwork. And then, so any, what else did I want to keep myself uh, occupied with? Well, I, I was okay working for the phone company, but I just wanted to do something on my own. I felt like I had something to offer the city of Alpine. So to make another long story short, if people will remember Harry Moyes from uh, Harry's Tanaha, well, Harry, right. myself, and uh, my wife, my present wife, Karen uh, Valenzuela, Karen Johnson, uh, she's a grant writer, and uh, we got a, 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 a portfolio put together to see if we could get a brew pub. Because okay. uh, I met Harry uh, through Karen, and he worked at a at a uh, uh, brew uh, brewery in uh, uh, Colorado. It was um, oh, I can't think of the name of it, but anyway, so we tried to get that taken care of, and and uh, and, and Karen had to go to Fort Worth to take care of her mother, and so they just left. Harry and I, and then Harry borrowed the proposal, and he wound up marrying Teresa, who used to work at the radio station. Okay. And uh, uh, th- things fell in place. You know, uh, Harry and Teresa got a loan, and they opened up the Edelweiss, which is in the Old Holland Hotel that used to belong to Ray Hendricks a long time ago, and I think he sold it to Carla McFarlane. And then Carla, she's the person you need to get on the air because okay. I think she could tell you lots of stories about uh, Alpine in her time here. And so anyway, so a failed time to get a radio station, a failed time to get a, a, a brew pub, but it happened anyway. And uh, uh, then I went on to just do things whatever I could. I became, uh, when I was still working at this radio station, uh, I believe it was Val Beard wasn't going to run for, for county judge. And Jerry Satella decided he might war- Well, I heard he was running, okay. going to run, so that was hearsay. Uh-huh. And so I asked Jerry one day when I was in the back uh, program room, and I said, hey, Jerry, you going to run? He goes, well, I might. I said, you are, you sucker. I'm going to run for JP. So I did. And oh, I won. And okay, so, okay. And it was, it was a, a, a really good thing. I enjoyed being uh, Justice of the Peace. And I was involved with some other things with a young lady by the name of Pilar Peterson. We, we started a, uh, a program down in Mexico about seven hours from here, a place called Baca Budiachi, okay. where it's some warm springs. And she's no longer with us, but it was uh, Tommy Mango, myself, Pilar Peterson, my wife, Karen Valenzuela, our dog, Mikey. And uh, there was uh, Jeff Jeffrey Keeling, who's a person you might want to get on on this program too. Okay. Uh, of course, Tommy Mangrum. Uh, uh, oh gosh, Jocelyn Finstermacher, and uh, Trey Griffers, if you know Trey. And uh, there was another young lady, Madi 
Marty, uh, it'll come to me after a while. But okay. There was sure. eight of us that went down there, four women, four men, two dogs. Okay. And we worked in Mexico. And so when that, when COVID came around, that kind of put a quash to that. We didn't go back for a while. I see. But now I'm municipal judge. And I mean, there's so many other things I've done, but I don't know. Where do you want to go with this? <laughs> <laughs> You're on the board of the Sunshine House, right? Uh, yes, I am. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, I'm on the board of the Sunshine House. Um, um, I'm not as an active member as I was with uh, uh, Alpine Lions Club. Um, then I'm, th- I'm not going to be on the board with Alpine Housing, but that's, a, that's a snafu that, that has yeah. to be clarified. Yeah, that was and, unfortunate. Uh, let's see, what else? Did, uh, there's one more. Oh, I, I just got on the board with a, uh, a, pro, uh, a, a bunch of people that are trying to restore the, the church in uh, Rio Dosa. Oh, Texas, okay. and that's that's still co- that's still coming up, and so I, I'm not I'm not uh, much for sitting down and gathering webs. I, I want to do tell. something. So, <laughs> and aren't you on the Cowboy Poetry Board? Also? Well, as a matter of fact, I just got off it. I was okay. asked to be reelected, and I said, well, I I really can't. I've got too many irons in the fire. I have a uh, uh, a uh, sister-in-law that needs some some attending to in uh-huh. Fort Worth, so we go see her every month to six weeks, and so that that has to take away from. A lot of things, and a lot of times I, I'm just too busy on the road, so I, right. I don't get to do it Right. so far. And you've had so many varied careers. It's amazing. It, it's You've probably learned so much. It would be incredible to be able to do the McDonald Observatory, Big Bend National Park, all the different things that you have done, working as a seismic, what was it, operator? Juggy. Yeah, okay. A juggy. Yes, and at the telephone company. It's just amazing. So I hear that you were once credited with saving a life. Wow, yeah, uh, that is true. Uh, uh, Chief Lasoya's nephew, I'm trying to remember his name. I, I, I'm a little foggy right there, but I was working one day, and I was up a ladder or up the pole, and this lady came out with a door screen flying open and asked asking me to help her, and I came down the ladder, and her son was choking. So with the training that I got with Southwestern Bell, I... I delivered the Heimlich re- maneuver on him and, and got his food dislodged and went back to work. So when I went to uh, <laughs> when I went back to work, my boss said, "What took you so long?" I said, uh-huh. "Well, I I had to do this, I had to do that, I had to do that. Oh, and I had to save this man's life." And then I went and then he goes, "Wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> what did you just say?" I said, "I had to save this young boy's life, uh, uh, Kenny Lasoya. That's his name, Kenny okay. Lasoya." And so after he heard that, he I guess he. He contacted the, uh, there's a, um, oh, I forget the award that's that's uh, uh, given to employees that, that do such things. And, and uh, they they came down, meaning the, the, the his boss and his boss, uh, they came down to award me that and then give me a, a, a congratulations. And I didn't expect that, but that was, that was, that happened. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. And uh, there's, I, I don't, like I said, there's so many different things I could tell you about the different employments I've had that. That they're all highlighted, but there's there, we that take days <laughs> to okay. tell you days <laughs> days. We'll have to do a Gilbert part two, three, four, sure, five. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so your favorite, I guess, was working for the phone company since you stayed with that. Well, I I stayed with it because it kept me here. Uh, uh, it wasn't always uh, easy because there was at, as they downsized our crews, we had to work more and more and, and later and later, and uh, it just got to be where. You know, I didn't mind doing it, but then when I was married, uh, I was I already had 31 years service, and my wife got pretty ill, and I thought I was going to lose her. So I I went ahead and had enough time and title. I just 
uh, go ahead and retired. I was going to try and go for 35, maybe 40 years, but 31 was plenty. Sure. You know, and it kept me kept me busy. So right. And then you had a lot it. to do afterwards. Still, so, yeah. <laughs> what is it like being the municipal court judge? <laughs> <laughs> well, for all the ones who are listening and the people who have been in my court, uh, I, I, I haven't had any too bad rep- repercussions from it. I always, when I was a JP, I would always... Uh, uh, greet everybody in court, and I'd always remind them. I said, one of one of you is going to go out with with uh, a satisfaction; the other one isn't. I hope the person who doesn't will still talk to me in court. But you know, that's the way I, I made my judgment. And with uh, municipal court, well, there's some of those people, some of those people coming back to court for different uh, uh, violations that they have done. Nothing bad, you know, uh-uh. high weeds, right, right, dogs, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, speak- but it's it's not bad. Good. Good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. So speaking of dogs, tell us about Archie. Archie, high maintenance dog. <laughs> He's seven months old. Uh, we had a, an older uh, Australian Australian Shepherd mix who passed away. He was uh, Mikey Michael J. because he looked like a fox. That's what my ah. wife called him. And so. Um, He's been on the radio station when I was here. Oh, really? I'd, I'd sit there and I'd say, Michael, speak. He'd go, Ruff. Michael, speak. Ruff. And I said, no, speak. And he'd bark. You know, he was a good dog. Aww. And so anyway, we got this new dog. His name is uh, Archie. And right now we're we're training him to to do to be a better dog, you know, because right. he's, he's pretty, uh, he has a mind of his own, right. as most dogs do. And he loves his walks. All you have he to loves say his is. walks. He loves his <laughs> toys. He loves tearing up the ears off those little stuffed Lamb toys. Yeah, that's his first thing he goes for. Eyebrows and ears. He loves them. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Yeah, so that's good. So, what advice would you give a young person who wants to come to Alpine and do one of the professions that you have done, whether it be the McDonald Observatory or the park, or working for the phone company, or a municipal court judge, or or whatever? What advice think, would you give them? I think with any of the, the young people that do come here, I think they, they, they need to understand that it's a small town. If they come from a city, if they come from a small town, they understand what it's all about. But if they come from a big city, they just need to realize it's a slower pace. Uh, more, you have to be more patient and, and uh, don't get so flustered. And if you like the job and if you really feel like that's what you want to do, then put your whole heart into it because it'll, it'll pay off. Right. You'll, you'll really like it. Right. I would yeah. think. So we call it alpine time. <laughs> alpine it's a, time. Yeah, it's just a different, slower pace than what it is, like you said, in a big city. So can you share a memorable or heartwarming story about a time when the people of Alpine came together to help one another or overcome a challenge or something that just sticks out in your memory? Well, let me think. I have, there's, there's been a few of them. Um, right offhand, I can think of when... I'm, I'm not going to remember the names, but there's been times when families have had problems, whether they've they've lost someone and or has someone in 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 a uh, hospital or or uh, they need some more care. Right. The residents of Alpine have always pulled forward and and they've always donated and made sure that the the individual was was comfortable and had what they needed to have, whether it be transportation or food or utilities being paid, whatever it is. Alpine is a real giving town. Right. And I think a lot of people forget that. But the, a lot of people that do see it, they go, oh, well, yeah. And they kind of realize that, that your neighbor is your neighbor. And, right. and uh, anytime you see somebody at the store, if you don't know them, I do. Uh, I go up to them and say, hey, you're not from here. Where are, you, are you visiting? Right. And then they'll <laughs> tell me why they're here. And I say, oh, yeah, I, I've heard about your, your aunt or your uncle or your brother. And how are they doing? And uh, they, they kind of... Uh, are real taken by that and they're they're 
they're touched and it, i think that's what it what matters we just don't get that that uh sensation anymore with being living in a big city and sometimes we get busy but being here sometimes you get busy but you still have time to do things there's right. a lot of things to do to get uh, uh oh, i can't think of the word uh, other than neighborly right you know. right we do we take care of our own here yeah, we do. Yeah, I think we really so. do. I like that. And even to the other extending towns, we do that. Yes, that's true. So where do you see Alpine in the future, 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now? Well, I hope I'm here 20 years from now. And, uh, um, <laughs> you will be. Let's think positive. There, I think it's heading in a good direction. I think that uh, you as mayor have seen to it's being uh, moving in a forward uh, position, and I think that's important. You know, the, the city workers in the city forefathers know what what needs to be done and they're taking care of it pretty well you know it's it's it wasn't always that way because it was harder right. the monies weren't there the the grants weren't there and uh and now with so many venues of trying to get things to work here like coming up with a uh, viva big ben that's right that's a shot in the arm yes you know the art walk is a shot in the arm uh, yes. poetry is a shot in the arm yes and the big ben national park has become real popular it has. And the Doll Observatory, everything, Marfa, we have a lot to offer, and people like to come here, and they really, they, they don't know what Texas is, this part of Texas is like until they happen to stop or, or come here for a reason, whether it's their, their individual son or daughter that goes to school here, then they realize, wow, this, this is a pretty nice place. Right. You know? yeah. I think it's going to go in, in, a, in a pretty good, uh, uh, what should I say, uh, not so much of a renaissance, but it's going mm-hmm. to happen better. Right. It's going to be better for people. Yeah, I think we're on the cusp. There's a lot of great things going on yes. in town. Well, yeah. can I can I say something about my wife real quick? Yes, please. Uh, Karen, Tell us about Karen. Didn't, didn't come here, but uh, uh, but she was was real instrument instrument uh, instrumental. Excuse me, for getting the uh, family crisis center set on on the way it is. It used to be on Sixth Street. Okay. And uh, right across, uh, oh the the street from. Uh, uh, it's Alley View Gallery, Caddy Corner. Okay. And it was a small office and, and very uh, cramped quarters. Well, with her abilities of being a grant writer, she was able to, to purchase the per- present building on 6066. And, and that's been really nice. Uh, 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 oh, what's his name? Toller. I can't remember his first name. Uh, R.C. Toller. Um, he was he sold in the building and he did some improvements and and uh, that helped them and then she was also able to get a grant to get the uh, what's now the reruns or yes. I forget the name of it. it's reruns at the library right no, at no. not rereads uh, uh, deja vu deja, oh, deja vu. vu okay and she got that property and uh, anyway it's I I really that was one of my my pet peeves about about being JP I didn't like domestic violence right and so I'm glad to see that the family crisis is even gotten to maybe well they did they got the old community center and they're going to try and get that uh, renovated so they can use it that's going to be a beautiful place for them to to keep their business there it is it really is and karen she also wrote two children's books oh she wrote she wrote two children's books that's correct she wrote one called um uh elvis prisley uh-huh. Elvis Prisley is about a, about a mixture of a grizzly and a, and a uh, brown bear, Aww. I believe. And uh, it's, a, it's a cute story. And then she wrote another one called uh, Saving Humanity. And uh, uh, that's about a, uh, a manatee, not a human. But the, the, the manatees are, are aware of what's going on on shore with the humans. that They're, they're real concerned about which way it's going to go. And then a third book, which is not her, but part of hers, her helping, her aunt Mildred in Fort, 
Fort Worth, who's I believe 90, 96 or 97, oh, wow. had a book in mind, and she helped her get that published and with the artwork of uh, Emmy Holman, who people know who Emmy Holman is. A lot of people do. She uh-huh. used to own the uh, Bread and Breakfast. Okay. So, yes, and she's still working. She still writes. She still has ideas, and we sit around talking about, hey, what, what about this? You know, it'd be a great. I'm just, I'm just not composed enough to sit down and, and, and get all those w- ideas down, but she, she does. She knows how to do that. That's wonderful. Yep, yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so thank you, Gilbert, for coming in today and sharing your stories. It has been an honor to get to know you a little bit better. Thank you, our listeners, for tuning in to Small Town Big Stories. Small Town Big Stories has been brought to you by BBT, a local company you can count on. If there is a local resident of the Big Bend area that you would like for us to interview, drop me an email at caves2017 at gmail.com. Over the next several months, we look forward to sharing the stories of our neighbors firsthand while getting to know them just a little bit better. Thank you again for listening, and we will be back in two weeks. Thank you. Thank you, Gilbert.